Okay, guys, welcome to another episode of Oh Shoot. I have with me Nikki and she is, she's awesome. I'm just going to let her introduce herself. Um, So Nikki, just kind of tell us like who you are, what you do, um, and like where everyone can find you too before we get started. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm honored that you wanted me to be on this with you. Um, I'm known on Instagram as Nicole Kirshner Photography. I have a business in Southern California, which is where I'm based. Um, I literally, I'll do weddings anywhere, but I'm literally getting to the point where I'm about to say like Orange County, Southern California. Oh my <laughs> so I'm so out of it. So I'm about to be like SoCal only photographer. Yeah. Um, no, but I have been doing, I've been full-time since 2018. Um, but I've been photographing, uh, since like college okay. time back in, back in the yeah. day. Um, it was literally just like, I feel like everybody has the same story. It was a hobby and turned into a business right. and same thing with, I feel like so many other people, but mm-hmm. it was straight hobby. And then one day it just kind of evolved into, you know, full-time business, right. which is where we're here now. Cool. And so you're in Southern California, you like have traveled in the past for different weddings. Where have you traveled before? I think that's why I'm literally, it's because I'm currently in the busiest time of my life, yeah. which I'm sure everybody else is in that same exact season right now. Um, but yeah, all my travel obviously got postponed. And so for whatever reason, I think because obviously with COVID, everyone thinks like summer months equal safe months. Mm-hmm. So everybody and their mother decided to do their, you know, destination all at the same time. So this year alone, I think I've traveled more than I have in my entire career. Wow. So I'm just like, been every weekend for the last two months specifically. Yeah, And it's like, I'll come back. And I'll be home for a couple of days and then I leave again. So I leave again on Sunday. So wow. I'm just like right now where I'm like, mm, nope, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't want to do it anymore. But I mean, obviously everyone's like, oh, that's so cool and exciting. Yeah. But it's just, it, it's tiring. And I'm like, I just want to be at home with my dog in my bed and take a little break. Yeah, you deserve it. <laughs> uh, I know. I'm like, I can't wait. I'm just like chugging along till December and then I'm going to take some time off. Yeah. So I'm like, just push through. But this year, I think the, the most exciting one was in Maui. That one was really nice. Um, which I guess the only downfall though, again, is because of COVID it, it was just kind of a a hassle to get through with everything with all the tests and all Mm -hmm. that. But just to go to Maui after the pandemic was like, just kind of nice. So, um, but everything else, I mean, I was in Seattle, Washington last weekend. Uh, I was in Moab and arches Mm. the weekend before. Wow. It's just been nonstop. I know, but like, that's so good. Like the nonstop is a sign that you're doing something right, you know? Yeah, no, I know. And I mean, obviously I'm so thankful for all the experiences. My body just hates it. Um, obviously. You know, your body will recover. It's fine. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh God. Chug along a little bit harder. Yeah. It's okay. Cool. Um, also, I wanted to ask you before we jump into the topic, what do you shoot on? Like, what's your go-to lenses and camera body and stuff? Actually, it's funny. That's like one of the number one questions that I get for some yeah. reason. I don't know. It's just like if it, it looks any different, <laughs> but I primarily shoot. So I'm on a 5D Mark IV. I do want to switch to the mirrorless, mm-hmm. but I haven't made that jump yet just because I'm like, oh God, it's going to be quite the commitment. Um, but my literally go-to is 24 to 70. Yeah. Everybody always asks me and I'm always like, I swear I can leave that body or that lens on all day wow, long. Yeah. 
and, and just shoot with it all day. Cool. Um, but if I'm not, I'll be on like a 35 okay. for the most part. Cool. Those two. Yeah. I think the 24 to 70 is so nice, especially for like travel stuff. Like you do a lot more adventurous stuff. And I think when you're trying to like, I don't know, you need to be more versatile when you're moving yeah. around well, so much. Yeah. It just makes such a difference. And even in, when you're indoors inside, I mean, minus there are some, obviously a lot of people don't love how it kind of like stretches things a little bit, yeah. but distortion, but I'm like, for the most part, I feel like it's the best lens when you're in such a tight little space, but then it's also really cool too, if you want to get a really wide landscape shot. So yeah. I feel like, I don't know, I could just leave it on all day mm-hmm. if I needed to. Yeah. But I, it's like my baby. It, yeah. I mean, I, when I first started photography, I think like maybe a year or two into it, I was doing a lot of events. And when I did, um, specifically it was like summer camp, I was photographing all summer. It was like every single day. And I had a 24 to 70 F 2.8 and that lens made it possible. Like straight up, I was able, like I would go up on the zip line and I would like use the 70 and then I would go back to the 24. So I really liked using that lens. Screen you like upside down with like some crazy (laughs) angles or something. I would literally never do that, but (laughs) I was up there though. Like I, I got harnessed up and I would go up, but then I wouldn't actually zip line. Dang, that's commitment. It, yeah. I don't know if I could do that. I'd be so scared I'd hold that thing like for dear life. It's true. You kind of have to like wrap the strap like around your hand a million times. Yeah. Cool. So <laughs> yeah. So um I want to jump into our topic today, which is workshops or also known as styled shoots. I've heard both. Yeah. Um, so we're just gonna call them, I think, workshops for now. Yeah, um perfect. so you host workshops. You have um it's, it's called savvy, right? Savvy, the workshop. I love that name. Um, So you have this brand where you do workshops and um, I think it it would just be cool for us to talk a little bit about what goes into workshops. Um, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people talk about the planning process and all that. So um, if you would be willing, could you walk us through just like the overall planning process of what it's like to plan a workshop? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, so this last year was the, so I have a business partner and her name is Abby Mm -hmm. and she and I do savvy together. And we did our first big workshop. So we had hype shoots prior, which was kind of the same thing as like the styled shoots. And what we did was we kind of gave a discounted ticket to the people who came to the hype shoots if they wanted to like that the workshop. So we did uh, two hype shoots prior to the workshop and then we did the actual workshop, but we did it all during COVID. So basically when we launched everything on the news changed. Yeah. So we were like, oh, shoot, we're about to do a workshop, our very first workshop too, mm-hmm. um, amidst a pandemic. And I don't know how it's going to work. So I feel like our story is probably so much different <laughs> than so many other people's stories because we have not done another workshop since yeah. because of how much chaos work, everything that came into right. it. So when you asked that, I was like, I mean, I'm going to be totally yeah. and like straight up honest about the entire experience and I have no problem sharing yeah. it. But to some people, you know, they think like, oh yeah, let's just do a workshop. It's so easy, good way to make money. And it's like the absolute opposite yes. of that. You have to have so much passion and like drive to teach and educate because it, like you don't make a lot of money off of right. it. It's really, truly after all the expenses and everything, which obviously I know we'll probably get into, yeah. but yeah. So, um, 
when we first started and the whole entire planning process of it, it was really just like in the very beginning, kind of a, a way to sit down and be like, Hey, what can we do that? There's not really a lot like the wedding industry or just industry in general, as far as workshops go, yeah. don't have. And for us, our idea and our thought behind it was like, how cool would it be for other people to go to a workshop and like really see what it's like to shoot a wedding? Because most of these other workshops that exist, they kind of just, you know, do the content or elopement or whatever it is. But I don't feel like we've ever seen one where they have a bridal party, have the details, right. like start to from like a wedding day. So that was our initial thought behind it. And we thought like, oh, okay, that's different. That's great. It's cool that like not many people have done that before. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we've ever seen anybody. So we just were like, let's go with it. Let's roll with that. And I think that was part of the thing that was so intriguing to a lot of people is like, there's a lot of people that just want to jump into weddings, but don't even have a portfolio to start with. Um, so our whole thought behind it was, you know, this is a great opportunity for people who are newer or even just people who want to experience a wedding day from the beginning to the end. And we did the whole thing mm -hmm. from, like I said, sales to the reception. We even had a reception wow. dance party. So yeah. And, and again, that thought was awesome. And we loved being able to like add that to, you know, this, this world where there's so many different workshops and it's kind of like, you know, hard to kind of stand out in a way. But if we were to ever do it again, we would probably do a different theme or different style just because it was so much work. Right. I mean, imagine normally like having to just get models. Yeah. You're now having to get models for bridesmaids, groomsmen, like yeah. all sorts and just more than like the typical day. And there's just a lot more that goes into it from again, beginning to yeah. end of a wedding day. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. It was so much. That sounds, I mean, I like the idea though. Um, I've actually thought about that. Like I, I don't think I've ever seen a workshop that does, that's done like a sparkler exit or things that would actually right. be challenging to shoot. Um, because yeah, so people can see. yeah, like you don't need practice with bride and groom or like couple portraits. Right. Like that's, that's right. the easiest part of the day. I think the thing that you need practice totally. with is like candidates and stuff. Um, totally. so yeah, I love that idea. Um, what would you say like, are, I guess the benefits of attending a workshop also like the benefits of planning a workshop. So from the attendees side versus the photographer planning yeah. it side. Yeah. So for an attendee perspective, especially in this one, I'm like, I feel like one, it's such a good way to be able to like add content, especially content that like you're proud of. There's not a ton of pressure on actually shooting it. It's kind of like your way of being able to get creative mm -hmm. and create a portfolio for yourself or just add to your portfolio in a way that, um, can just make you stand out or I guess produce work that you're proud yeah. of. Um, another thing too, is I feel like it's really important to network, especially in this industry. Like I remember when I first started, um, honestly, so many of the referrals or the actual inquiries that I was getting were from referrals yeah. from other photographers. So I, I, that's why we were encouraging even just our group of people that were with us. We're like, stay in contact with these people. Like you never know. And this person, even though they're out of state, if they're not available and you have a really good relationship with them, you know, it can maybe turn into something else yeah. or, um, maybe you have a wedding in the future in that state and then you have nowhere to stay and you can stay with them. You know, I just feel like it's really important to like, be able to have a community to like network for so many different reasons, yeah. um, like for photographers. Mm -hmm. And then as far as creatives go, I honestly, there's so many perks to it, but I feel like in, in general, my biggest thing that I like what intrigued me and my business partner to do it was just that we're so passionate about like teaching people and like, you know, there's so many times where people will DM you and we just don't have time to sit there and like 
respond to everybody yeah. the best way that we want to. And so providing education in a way that like they can come and experience it. They can watch us do this firsthand and they can kind of like, you know, learn from us in that exact situation. Cause there's so many people that want a second shoot, for yeah. us, third shoot, whatever. Um, and like, you know, obviously there's not enough that we can really allow that to happen. So for us, I kind of feel like it's also just a really cool opportunity to be able to like provide education for people. And, um, but also just, I think for me, I, so my story is a little different than a lot of people, but I was supposed to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. That was my, I went to school for teaching and education. And so for me, I'm like, I have that side or that passion that I just really love to be able to like educate. And in a way, I feel like I'm still getting to use my major, even though I, didn't end up doing that. So, um, education is just like really important to yeah. me. I think that's so awesome that you're able to use kind of what you learned in a different setting and just, yeah, yeah sure. just translate it over to what you're doing in photography full time. It's so okay. funny. There's all of these different aspects of life that you don't think play into being a photographer, but it truly like, it truly does. If you're a people person, that neck networking and relationship building side of photography is huge for you and you're going to be great at it. So there's just so many aspects of being a business owner, um, that we don't even think about. Um, right. I just don't think people understand that like networking in general, right? Like any kind of job is important. And in a way I kind of feel like going to a workshop or a style shoot or whatever, it's like you get what you put into that experience. mm -hmm. And if you're going out there and you have like a positive attitude and you're a fun person to be around and you're introducing yourself to others and making friends, like you never know how far that can go. But like some of the people that I'm closest to in the industry now are people that I met when I first started, when I went to a workshop or a style shoot or whatever. And and those people are now friends and, you know, we can bounce ideas off one another. It's like essentially a coworker. Yeah, it's so true. And I feel like even at style shoots or workshops, when you connect with vendors too, it's just a really good opportunity to stay connected with that vendor. Um, maybe they'll want you to shoot for them later or they'll use their your photo somewhere and then someone that books them will also book you. It's just a really good relationship to have with vendors as well. Um, I know one of my friends is like really good friends with the dress vendor from her styled shoot. And it just like, it just happened to work out in this relationship. Like it just keeps going. Like they just keep doing work together. And that's awesome. No, it's so true. Yeah. And it's like another way for you to get your name out there. Absolutely. Cool. So, um, let's talk a little bit about like the nitty gritty details of workshops and style shoots. Um, so these are very specific questions, but I feel like they're important. Um, so I, I kind of want to talk about expenses first before we jump into anything else. So like, what are the expenses that you faced as you were planning your shoot? Like literally every single expense, like tell me all of it. It was so much, but I feel like the most expensive was the food. Oh. Like you don't realize how much it costs to host so many people, but right. also like every meal, every drink. Also, we had enough food to be able to give to the models because we want to make sure that they like were provided with something yeah. too. So they weren't just like, you know, starving right. the waters, <laughs> the snacks, like, I mean the food in itself. I remember when we went to Costco and we had literally three carts full. I don't even remember exactly how much we spent, but it was like, we all were making estimated guesses on like, okay, how much is it going to be? Hard. And after we got that total, I was like, dude, this is more than I feel like a cool, big raged party that we <laughs> Like so expensive. Um, but that part was also challenging just because, you know, you're dealing with people who have different, um, tastes and, 
uh, allergies and like, you know, there's so many different now things. Like yeah. <laughs> I feel like everyone's got something. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we paid almost every vendor something. Okay. I think the only vendors that we did not pay for were a couple that had off, like they had offered, like, for example, the dress, okay. we did not pay for the dress. And then we did not pay for, um, we only paid for, I think one of the models. Okay. Um, so but for the most part, everything else we paid for, we paid for, uh, flowers. We paid for, um, the, we actually had to do event rentals and like our, like I said, our experience was so out of this world different. Um, our venue decided while we had already chosen them, signed a contract with them and everything, our venue said that like, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, they were selling their venue. Whoa. And so we last minute, we were like, okay, shoot, are we going to go back to the drawing board and like change locations or what are we going to do? And long story short, our, um, coordinator, the vendor, the, the girl who was having us or allowing us to use her space was like, you can still use part of the property, but only this little space. And it basically was an empty dirt lot. (gasps) So we had to make, we had to basically bring everything in from toilets to a dance floor to like, nobody had any idea the amount of stress that we were put through. And it was no joke. Like a month to like weeks leading up to the day. So we were straight. And this is why I said, like, we needed a moment after the workshop because of all the stress that came from everything. And then on top of that, because of COVID, it was almost impossible to rent a porta potty. And I never thought that we'd have like a hard time finding one, but because every hospital was actually renting them out for like, it was honestly like, I've never had so many calls about like, (laughs) well, does this toilet come with the stuff like sink of this? Like I never thought at a style shoot or a workshop or anything, yeah. I would have to rent toilets. Wow. Like it was something else. Okay. And that's why this experience was something unlike any. Yeah. So I don't think everybody would have this kind of issue right. or situation, but we had to pay for literally everything, everything down to. Wow. Okay. Um, that is crazy. Um, I don't think most people have to worry about toilets. I don't know if I've ever heard of anyone needing to rent a toilet for a style chew. I know it was wild, but again, this was like, okay, got to figure this out. This is just one of the the many things that come with like the responsibility of if you're providing something or you're offering, you know, something you got to come through and you got to perform. And for us, we were like, well, if we really want to use this venue, which we really did, we wanted to, we were like, we just got to figure out how to like make it work. Yeah. And it was so last minute. It was like, got to roll. With the punches. Yeah. This is what we're Honestly, Yeah. Do. Good for you. The, um, so <laughs> the food that you're talking about, this was, was it an overnight workshop? So that's why you had to provide food because people were staying yeah. overnight. Were they staying at the venue that you had booked? So uh, kind of around like five, 10 minutes away from the venue, we found a really massive Airbnb and it was beautiful. Again, it felt like such like we could have done the whole entire workshop probably there. Cause it was so wow. cool. But, um, so yeah, the stay, we had to obviously pay for the, um, the air or not the airfare, the, um, Airbnb and all the food that we pay or that we provided for them, which were the meals. And I think it was two nights, no, yeah, two nights, three days kind of thing. Okay. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I think it was like twice breakfast, lunch, mm-hmm. and dinner. And then the final day was just kind of breakfast. But yeah, so meals for every single day for all the attendees that stayed there. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, then the 
the models that came like each day we gave them meals as well, just cause we wanted to obviously give them. Right. Food. So when you started the planning process, what was like the first thing that you guys did? Like I, like you decide, okay, we want to have a workshop. Like then what, you know, we got down to the vision board. And honestly, that I think was the hardest thing too. We, we had to fire one coordinator and then finally, I mean, honestly, we needed somebody who could fit our vision and finding a coordinator slash like stylist, whatever, who really truly understood where, like where we were coming from and what like vision we had for this was really hard. We thought like, okay, like, you know, people are going to see this. They're going to understand. Like they, they know that both of our brands are super strong. So we're going to still try and provide something like that that's similar or like provide a wedding where again, it's like a wedding that we would want to go and shoot essentially. So we, we basically had asked a couple of coordinators to create a mood board for us so that we could see if like they were a good fit and like none of them were hitting like our vision or our dream. So we just kind of decided it was best for us to do it. And my partner, Abby is really good on Photoshop. So she was like, I'll put it together. And, you know, from there, we'll just kind of like send our dream board to other people. Cause you have to have a strong dream board and even in order to even get some of these people to want to collaborate with you. So some of the dress vendors that we really wanted to use, we knew we had to have a strong like vision or mood board in order to kind of sell them and bring them like on board with us. So that was the number one thing is like creating a bomb vision and like exactly what we wanted as far as what we were going to be able to sell. Because then we knew at that point, that's like kind of what was going to carry us through to be able to like sell the actual tickets. Um, So really after we had like sat down, talked and like, really figured out what our vision was and what we wanted to do. It was then trying to find a coordinator. That was number one. Okay. So we were like, we got to find somebody who's going to be able to hopefully pull strings and use their connections to then hopefully help us find some vendors so that we're not do- left doing every little like last minute, okay. like down to tiniest details gotcha. sort of thing. That's a while because we ended up having to fire somebody because we lost communication with them. They just weren't even responding to okay. us. They weren't giving it their all. And so to us, we were like, this is a big project and mm-hmm. we need a lot more communication from this yeah. person. And so then we were like, okay, we got to figure out now finding something else. Right. So that was the hardest for us. That was the hardest thing. And like, I feel like we just wanted to have a team that really kind of matched our vibe and our vision. Yeah. And that was a lot harder than we thought yeah. it was going to be like, kind of bringing people together. It's, yeah, it is hard. Um, like when you have something that's like, you're so passionate about getting people to be as passionate as you about that same thing. It's challenging right. and you have to find the right people. Otherwise it's not, you know, they're not going to match the energy like you're saying. Which is kind of why we decided it's more important to be able to pay these vendors that are really good yeah. because for us, it's kind of the same thing as in our photography world, right? Like you get what you pay yeah. for. And if you're paying these people, you know, money, then they're going to treat it a lot differently than if it's just a collaboration. And it's just somebody who's just like, oh yeah, I'll give you this. Cause I've heard a lot of people too, that they don't pull through when they end up knowing that it's for free. If it's not something that they really want to work with, or if they're not stoked on the vision or whatever, they kind of just don't have any commitment to it. So they're like, I'm not going to put in, you know, this effort. Right. You know, it's not working. Yeah. So just being, it's important to be picky about your vendors then. Absolutely. Yeah. So how then do you find vendors? Because I know you were talking about the coordinator that you had, but it sounds like you ended up doing a lot of it on your own. So like, what did that process of finding vendors, including models, like, what did that look like? 
Well, for, so models and vendors are a little different for, for vendors. I try to use as many people that are even just on my preferred list that I trust, because I feel like it's really hard to like establish new connections. And again, fully trust people that you don't know. Um, so for a lot of them, they were people we had already known, we had worked with, we had good relationships with. And that again, is like where I feel like it's, it's kind of important as a photographer to make those relationships with vendors, like you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. um, because we ended up using a lot of the people that we've had good relationships with, and that have kind of worked with us in the mm-hmm. past. So as far as vendors go, majority of them were people that we had like worked with in the past or knew somebody who worked with, I feel like almost all of them were somebody that we knew from something. Okay. It wasn't just like random people. Yeah. Um, and then the models, I'm like super crazy about not wanting my actual couples to be a part of any of this stuff because I've kind of had some shady situations yeah. happen. Um, and I don't really necessarily trust that like, I don't know, just you know how it is. I'm like, I'm not letting my couples do any of this, even though they're always like so graciously like, I want to do it. I want right. to do it. I'm like, mm. No, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'll keep up with you guys privately or something else. But um, I I find a lot of my people just on Instagram. I literally look up like coffee shops that are really cool around here, yeah. bars that I like to go to, um, certain spots that I know that are like usually bring in the kind of like, you know, clientele that I would think would hang out in those general areas. So like I do a shit ton of Instagram stuff. Okay. <laughs> And sit on there for hours and just kind of like reach out to a whole bunch of people. And I mean, we got fairly lucky finding some through my, again, my partner, she just knew a bunch of people from past and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then also our coordinator ended up being like, Hey, I've got a couple models okay. um, in mind. And so it was like, I didn't know them. She didn't know them. It was a new face. I was like, perfect. Okay. Like that worked. Yeah. Um, but then there was one situation where we lost a model pretty last minute. And so we decided to use a modeling agency oh, to find okay. one of the last ones because we were like, okay, at this point, we don't want to, we went through so much, literally so many <laughs> downs. Yes. And we were like, at this point, we don't want to have to have another headache of an issue. So let's just pay yeah. her. But mm-hmm. that actually, that's kind of the worst case. Right. You know, yeah. Situation. That actually happened at the shoot that I planned in March. Um, One of my couples dropped out. I think it was like, maybe 48 hours before. Um, and I just on Instagram put something out and was like, help, I need someone. And this photographer, another photographer that followed me. Yeah. was super nice. And was like her and her boyfriend were willing and ended up being really cute. And it worked out. Um, like a lot of photographers end up liking modeling. So it's yeah. like a lot of photographers and their husbands end up, end up doing it. We actually had one of a situation similar to that, um, for our, one of our hype shoots yeah. and same. So I was like, okay, yeah. like, that works. Do you, Easy. do you have your models sign any contracts or anything? Yeah. Um, after that whole experience and losing them, we had to, but also like in the contract, we even state if they're, if there's any reason why they can't perform the job or any reason why they're going to cancel last minute, then it's their responsibility to find somebody else for us. And literally the night before our workshop, one of our best and favorite people that we had like this really cool dress with, we were super excited for the entire vibe and she fit that vibe so perfectly was like, um, I'm pretty sure that like my husband isn't going to be able to make it anymore. He has to do a call. We're going to try and do it remotely, but also the area we were doing it at had no Wi-Fi, And she was like, I have no problem calling somebody into substitute and like doing it with me. But then at that point we were like, 
it's just that chemistry is not going to be right. There. It's going to be somebody that you're, you're not married yeah. to or you're not in a relationship with. And then at first she was like, I'll even call in a friend, a girlfriend, and we can do it together. And I was like, as much as I love that. And like, again, she signed the contract. So she was like, I know I have to find somebody. Yeah. I was like, this really sucks. Right. And we got really lucky that last minute his meeting got changed, but I was like, Oh crap, what are we going to do? Yeah. Because even in that situation, she found somebody, but I was like, it's just not going to be the same. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it sucks. Um, and I think it's honestly good that you went to a modeling agency because there is just a little bit higher level of professionalism. Um, if, right. if you know those people who are modeling. So like if you have friends model for you or whatever, um, you know, like I, I trust a lot of the people that I have model for me. Um, but if someone did drop out, I think a modeling agency is a good place to go or maybe even a good place to start. The only thing that's hard with that is like you said, the lack of chemistry, because usually, um, the couples, if you would put a couple together, they aren't like a real life couple. So maybe they don't want to kiss or, um, it just feels stiff. I've seen photos from workshops where I'm like, I don't think you're a real couple. Like you look great. You're like, uh, there's something right. Here. Like you guys just don't look. And that's why it was like, you know, having someone there that can have that chemistry, especially cause we were having a bride and a groom get married. Right. So we were like, you kind of got to kiss the right. bride. So and you have to look happy. <laughs> Yeah. Like we kind of need somebody who can connect in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, it it was important for us, but we got so lucky again. And also just finding bridesmaids and groomsmen was a lot. Oh yeah. So hard. Um, and also just because we had such a vision for the dresses and everything, like anytime one wouldn't be able to do it or back out, or if one could, but just couldn't come till later, we were like, there's just so many elements, too many people. It was like chaos. Oh yeah. That sounds chaotic. Oh my gosh. Up until literally the last minute, we were like holding our breath being like, I hope this performs. I hope this comes through. And actually after once the workshop was like the last day when we were all just hanging out and having a good time together, we were like, we have so much to admit. Like you have no idea how much stress this has caused us. And like, we literally didn't even think we had a venue up until last week. And like, they all had no clue, which is obviously better because we didn't want them to stress and worry. But then they were like, holy shit, like you guys pulled that whole thing together. And like, after all of that, that was so much, there was so much stress. And like, Abby and I talk about it all the time. There was literally blood, sweat and tears. We cried more in that entire year. (laughs) Like for so many reasons that that's why we're like, we need a little bit of break to figure out. Yeah. To figure out kind of like the next vision and kind of compose yourselves. Um, It takes a strong individual or people to be able to like pull these off and do them on the right Oh yeah, totally. Um, with your, um, shoot, did you, so obviously you sold tickets, but how did you kind of figure out that price? Um, like how did you figure out what to charge for that? Well, since it was our first one, we priced it fairly low compared to a lot of other people or a lot of other workshops going Mm -hmm. on. And that's another thing that we've always said is like, if we were to do another one and if we were to do one in the future, it would be a completely different price now that we know how much goes into it. We obviously still profited, but what we did was we basically put an expense sheet together, figured out how much everything was going to cost with vendors and everything. And then kind of just figured out a ticket price based on how much we wanted to make. But after everything was said and done, and like I said, we had so many curveballs, like all these things just happening, like from a toilet to all this stuff that we ended up not even making what we thought we probably both each profited a little, like less than what we would make for one. Okay. 
And so to us, we were like, Hey, that was the first one. And that was obviously important for us to have, because in order to get anybody involved or interested in anything that you have to Mm -hmm. offer, they want to see, you know, you got to perform, you got to have a reputation of some sort. So for us, we were like, get the first one done put it under our belt, have a strong vision so that people can see what we're capable of and then raise the notch and like charge obviously more now that we know what it's like, what goes into it and kind of figure it out from there. How did you keep everything organized then? So I know you said you had a spreadsheet, but like there's Google spreadsheets like crazy. Like we had a Google spreadsheet for everything from our education, like being able to like create um, our documents to be able to like show at our workshop Mm from like an expense sheet to a vendor list, like everything was all on Google docs. And it was like one sheet for everything. And we had like subtitles for everything. So it's just like down the list of like 11, 12 pages of just nonstop yeah. work. Wow. But it was crazy. Yeah. And obviously like it, it was smart that we had that. Cause now we even go back, like it's been almost, almost a year later and we can look back and be like, okay, this is how much we paid for this. So now we know, and now we know what to price for next yeah. year and stuff. Oh. Yeah. It's always good to look back, reflect and kind of just like mentally be like, okay, this is what I learned. This is what I'm going to do different. Um, yeah, yeah, super important. We have like literally receipts of everything so that we know, just so that we can kind of, you know, figure out. Cause after a while you, it's so much easier to think about, Oh, it was so like, we remember the good times. We remember all the fun stuff, but also have to remember how much it costs, how much time and all that stuff that went into it. So it's good to have like a log. Yeah to just make sure that you're still giving yourself what you deserve after that entire yeah. thing. So um, if there is one thing that you can say to someone who is planning their first workshop or is thinking about planning a workshop, what is like the one piece of advice that you would give them? I know that's like, so, it's hard, but like, I don't know if you have one. So hard. I would say, make sure you're extremely passionate about educating because at the end of the day, every person I've ever talked to, unless they're like doing these once every few months, you're basically for the, for the money, it is so much work that you essentially need to be so passionate about teaching these people and just wanting to be able to provide education because at the end of the day, it's not, it's not a huge paycheck. Like everybody thinks it is. It's not something to just like supplement as far as like, Oh, I'm not going to do weddings anymore or whatever. Um, and the amount of work that it is, it's a lot. So make sure you're extremely passionate about it because it's, it's a year. It's like a life, a year long commitment to be able to like, just do one thing. It's it's like planning a wedding, but it is. It's not your wedding. It's just like a little bit more almost like, like a tad bit yeah. more. You're like basically planning an entire wedding and having to figure out how to do it all by yourself or with another person. Right. So um, I, you have to be really passionate. Oh, yeah, definitely. At your workshop, you so you had education. You had like a portion of the day that was teaching. So like what did that yeah. schedule look like? What Like when did you shoot? When did you do teaching? And like what, what did you guys talk about? Like so – all of our stuff somewhat still had to do with like our A to Z, like from the moment somebody inquires all the way to like gallery delivery. Okay. That was like our entire thing was we wanted to just share our process because we had so many people that were just, we sent questionnaires to our people and we asked like, what is it out of all these things that you want the most education on or you want us to dive like really deep into? Mm-hmm. 
And a lot of it was like, obviously social media and like marketing and just like how to have a brand, but also like our process from A to Z from like when somebody first inquires to when we deliver the gallery. So every morning we had education and then our shoots were usually in the evening. Okay. Um, So we had like, I think it was one to two hours of education a day. And then we would break for lunch and we'd come back. And if we didn't finish, then we would continue or then they'd have the afternoon to like hang out. We did website critiques so they could like get their website looked at. Um, And then just, they had some free time in between, like right before we had to go to the shoot. But the actual wedding day workshop one was more of like a longer day thing. I think it was like from three on versus the second shoot was just a sunset with like two different couples. So it was just like around sunset. Okay, cool. That's, that's cool to know. Um, I love the idea of doing website critiques. Um, I, so many people wanted it too, and they took it. Yes, definitely. That's like a fun little filler that you can do. Um, and I personally never attended a workshop that had education at it. No, just like, yeah, I've only done like content filler days. Um, so it's interesting to me, the education aspect of it. Um, and obviously that influenced your ticket price too, right? Totally. Totally. Okay. Yeah. We, we had to like, obviously the education portion was like, ev- that took us a long time too, just to create, we had created PowerPoints where we would just go over, you know, everything that they had wanted to talk about. And yeah, that was like a huge portion of it. And so that kind of, I feel like the difference that sets the workshop apart from the style shoe is the education aspect that comes behind it or that it's multiple days or whatever. Right. But most of the time when people go to a workshop, I feel like they're like coming because they want to learn okay. how you do yeah that or you do what you're, you know, teaching. Yeah, no, that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, I, I think that almost the difference between a style shoe and a workshop is a style shoe is like truly just the shoe. There's no teaching. And then the workshop is education and the shoot too, which definitely is more beneficial. If you're actually learning, wanting to learn and to grow that workshop's going to give you more tools, I guess. Right. I know I went to two workshops and they were both from two different photographers that like I really admired at the time back like a couple of years ago. And I was like, honestly, walking away from it, I just wanted people to feel the same exact way that I felt, which it was like inspired and ready to just kick ass in my business mm-hmm. and like going to a workshop, getting all that content, getting all that education and feeling, especially for like when somebody is like newer or when they're just kind of getting into it, I feel like it's such a good way to just like push yourself to just get into it and see others and how they're thriving and just like want to one up and level up with your business. Um, and, and honestly, every single time I've ever left a workshop, I also, like I said, felt so connected to some of these photographers and these people. It felt like such a community. Um, it almost was kind of like a little retreat. Like, you know, some of you go to retreats for work or whatever, and you leave and you feel like, Oh, you feel refreshed or you feel good and ready to learn. And so many of the people, I think that was probably the best thing that we had experienced from ours was so many of the people left, like coming up to us and like crying and telling us how, like we really just moved them and helped them in such a way and that they were so happy they'd gone. And that's all that to us, we were like, okay, it was, yeah. worth it. you know, like that's all we wanted. We wanted to make sure that these people left with a good experience mm-hmm. and felt confident to be able to go and like implement all those things into yeah. their business. That's cool that you had that same experience early on. And then you can see photographers yeah. who were at a similar place as you then coming to your right. workshop. And it's just like a cycle of just like, yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. No, I know. That's kind of what pushed us to want to do it because we were like, you know, 
um, Abby, like previously, when she lived in her hometown, she did one also. And she was like, just the feeling you get being able to give people this experience. And to me, I was like, yeah, I know what that feeling is like. I got that feeling. And that's kind of, I feel like what pushed me when a lot of people are like, how did you grow so quickly? I'm like, honestly, I feel like there's, there's so many things, but I feel like going to a workshop and really investing in my business, it's, it's so important investing in education any way you can, you know, whether it's workshops, whether it's education, whatever you can, the more you educate yourself, the more you're going to grow. So, and I think it's so important to be picky about the workshops that you attend to. Um, I've heard a lot of workshops that are just kind of mediocre or, um, seem to be really awesome, but then you show up and it's not super great. Um, so just like, I think it's important to, when you're deciding to attend a workshop, like know who's going to be teaching do you like vibe with their style? But also like, is the content that they're putting together, is that something that you want to photograph? Is that your style? Um, are you like hoping to switch styles? Um, so yeah, I think Ooh. with workshops, it's super important to be picky in that aspect. And it sounds like you guys really niche down and had like that specific vibe of like community. Um, and just like, like being yeah. cool people and like, we just want to connect with you and give you great content. Yeah. And that, that it's awesome. Yeah, no, it was such a good experience. It, like I said, it just sucked that COVID was the ultimate factor that just kind of killed the vibe a little bit. It's so true. And made things so hard. Um, because even selling tickets in a year of COVID when, or a pandemic, when nobody knew what was going on, we had no idea if we were going to be able to do it. Yeah. If we have to, wear masks shut down. If we couldn't, you know, there were so many things going on. I was like, of course, the one year we decide to do our workshop is it was literally like we were ready to launch. We launched our website and two days later, the world shut down wow. and we were like, no, oh, like what? So like, tragic. It was so, it was just so stressful, yeah. but I mean, we all had no idea what to do. So then having a workshop on top of that, like, you know, people want money back and all that stuff. There was just so many hurdles yeah. that we've gone through that it's hard to know whether or not it was so much harder just because of that. Or if, you know what yeah. I'm saying? If we were to do it and if we would be able to, you know, get right. through those things. It wasn't as I have a feeling that was probably the hardest planning experience. Yeah. I don't think that most people have that tough of a time planning a workshop. Well, and some of my friends that are also doing workshops still never even had theirs Aww. because it was so postponed from COVID and stuff that they were like, at this point, you know, we're going to wait until it's completely safe. But, and then obviously with all the postponements this year, it was like, there was just no time to even create something, right. which is such a bummer. Cause after we had done something, there were so, there was so much hype in the beginning. Everybody was asking us, when's the next one we want to do mm-hmm. it after we saw it. We're so sad. We didn't get to go like all this stuff. And then now we're over here, like we're trying to catch up, right. you know? So it's like, we just haven't had time to really like put in all the effort mm-hmm. to even figure out if we're going to do it. Yeah, that's, a, that's okay. You take your time. You do what you have to do. So um, <laughs> after creeping on you on Instagram thoroughly, by the way, um, <laughs> I feel like you, your style, it's just so, it's so you. Like whenever a photo wow. pops up on my feed, I want you to know that I can, I know it's yours before I even oh look at the picture, which is a good thing. That's <laughs> so I guess like, then I also, I feel like you have a really good brand voice too within your brand. It's like your voice is there. So, um, kind of walk me through how you found that style and I guess how you found your brand voice within your business. 
Well, when I first started, it's funny because I just did a mentor session last week and the girl was like, I went all the way down to the very beginning when you first started <laughs> and your style wasn't always like this. And I was like, yes, exactly. you're right. It doesn't just happen like that. You don't just start all of a sudden like really good or any of that. Like it doesn't just happen. Um, but I always, no matter what, since I started, when I first did, I didn't follow a ton of photographers because I honestly didn't even know this whole entire network existed. I didn't even know this whole entire world was a world. And so I always just knew though, that like my style was always different. And in a while, in the very beginning, I didn't book a lot because of that, because I was different and everyone wanted light and airy. And, and that was really kind of popular in this area. Mm -hmm. So when I first started, I was like, kind of that oddball, oddball out. Cause I was different. And then afterwards I kind of just started to really just kind of know that that style is what's going to make me different and unique. And so once I started to actually follow people, I realized that like it, there, it's such a world of so many different people that it's important to stand yes. out in your own way and that it's important to be your own person. But also I've always it's funny because a lot of people are always like, you're such a warm person. And so in my, in my heart and how I am as a person, I kind of just felt like my business and my brand kind of represented me and who I am. Um, but I mean, it did still take a long time. Like when I was first doing it, I was like, not sure how I wanted to do it. My editing wasn't consistent, but now, I mean, now when you get the hang of things and you are so consistent with finding what it is that you like, my biggest thing that I always tell people is don't keep changing. Okay. Like just stay consistent with that one style and see how that is. Obviously, if you want to rebrand, whatever that's like, go for it. But me personally, I feel like what made me stay or stick to a lot of people was to continue to do the exact same thing all the time. Okay. And everyone says like, it seems kind of like my style is consistent. And if that's the case, then I'm like, Hey, that's what makes me different and unique. But if somebody reaches out to me and asks me to change my editing style, I'm going to say, no. right. like, that's who I am. Right. right? So like, I'm not that person for them then if that's the case. But I also just feel like when you're kind of creating your own style or when you're trying to figure out what it is that you like or how you edit or what makes sense. I live in Southern California in Orange County where like warmth and golden hour and all that stuff. Everyone always talks about the SoCal sun, right? And it's like me, I feel like that really matches where I live, what I like to shoot in. I love shooting in dry, dead fields. Awesome. And and like desert and beaches where that warmth really, really does make golden hour, like just feel, so you know, golden, good. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, that's just kind of how I am. And I feel like ever since I, you know, started shooting and that was like really what I loved, I was like, this is it. Like the warm style is what I'm here for. And, and I think this is really just what makes me different. Mm-hmm. And obviously now I know a lot more people edit warm and, and have style that's similar or whatever. So obviously I'm not like one of a kind, but, um, I just feel like being consistent with your style and not constantly changing. I literally stopped buying presets so long ago, you know, right. it's like, it's because I feel like sometimes people just have a hard time with figuring out who they want to be or what style they want to achieve. And so they're just buying presets left and right, trying to figure out what works for them. Yeah. And, you know, Honestly, I feel like the minute I stopped doing that was the minute I was just like, I'm going to be proud of what I create and I'm going to, you know, know that this is who I truly am and yeah. stuck with it. Yeah. So the minute I was confident in myself and confident in my work was the minute I feel like everything kind of changed yeah. and just aligned for it's, me. Yeah, it's that confidence. Like you were saying at the be- very beginning when you like, you felt like you knew your style, but other people didn't really want to book that style. It's that confidence of continue to, continuing to move forward. That's important Um, because 
at the beginning of like even my photography career, I, I knew what I could do, but it was like a matter of people also valuing that as well. So finding the people who valued what I could do versus the people who just wanted a photographer. Um, and it can be easy to kind of just fall into the flow of, I'm just going to book whoever wants a photographer, not who wants me and who wants my style. You don't get the brand that you want. Right. Exactly. By kind of morphing to what other people want. Right. Right. And then also too, there's so many distractions around you. There's so many other photographers stay in your lane. Like I said, I feel like it was almost better when I didn't know that there was an entire community of world of photographers out there Mm -hmm. because I had nothing to compare it to. Stay in your lane. Don't compare to other people. Do you and like keep chugging forward. And I feel like that's ultimately what's going to make you succeed because you don't have that outside influence of knowing that, oh, well, this style is not in anymore. You know, like people always ask me, oh, well, what if your style all of a sudden, you know, is not popular? I'm like, I don't care. That's why I, then they won't hire me. I'm at that now where I'm like, if I'm not their style and they come and reach out to me, I'm going to say, you know, unfortunately, I don't think we're the best fit for each other because clearly you want a light and airy or you want a dark and moody or whatever. And that's not my brand. And I'm not going to change my style just for somebody. They're either coming to me because they love my work and they want me or it's just not going to work. Right. And I've, um, I don't remember where I heard this, but somebody said like, once you'll start succeeding and you'll start to be confident in yourself. Um, once you like unfollow all of the people that are like within your field. Um, so I just feel like it's really important not to over saturate yourself with like all of this other work from other photographers. Like I, I follow like a lot of photographers, but I used to follow a lot more. And it was like, every time I went on Instagram, I was hit in the face with, look at this gorgeous session I did in Yosemite. And I'm like, I don't, I don't need that. I need, I want to see like my sister's new dog or something like that. Like I, I need to kind of humanize myself a little bit more. So, um, so right. And that's kind of where comparison starts is by literally following like 1200 photographers. Like, (laughs) so yeah, I think that's an important thing is to stay in your lane and just kind of like, kind of like those, um, horse blinders. Do you know what I mean? Like they go on the sides of your eyes. I literally think of all the time, like blinders. Yes. And then it's funny because when there's something toxic out there and people are sending it to me, I'm like, God, great. Here we go. But I'm like, it's because everyone else is watching everything yeah. around and I'm not paying attention to it. So I don't even recognize that so-and-so stole my photos or so-and-so right. did that, like whatever, because I'm like, stay in my lane. I don't want the drama. I don't want to deal with it. I know that this is just like, this is the easiest way to first of all, stay level-headed and not get so caught up in it. And second of all, like to just keep doing right. It, you know? Exactly. How do you find your clients? Like what, what is the most common way that people find you right now? It's Pinterest. Ooh. Are you kidding yeah. me? <gasps> I, I know ever you. since COVID because COVID year was the year I got lucky when I like really went gung ho on Pinterest. Yeah. And when I did, um, it was when not a lot of photographers or not a lot of people were using it yet. Mm-hmm. And, and then now all of a sudden everyone is using it. Everybody is wanting yeah. it. And so it's a lot harder now to grow, but I got lucky. Cause I obviously, I feel like that happened with my Instagram too. Everyone's always like, how do you grow Instagram? How do you grow this? And I'm like, I honestly feel like a lot of it is timing. Yes. Kind of like how, you know, people didn't take advantage of TikTok when it came out. Don't even try. Cause at this point, getting your stuff to go viral is going to be so hard. I mean, still try, yeah. but it's so much harder when you're not taking advantage of it when it first comes yeah. out or before it's big. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but yeah, right now it's Pinterest okay. and it used to be Instagram. Okay. Um, but right now it's Pinterest. That is so funny because now that I think of it on my feed, at least easily three of your photos are on my feed every time that I log in. And then I looked and I, I it was like your name and it had like so many likes. You know how I'm like, oh gosh, it's, that's insane. So people are, bu- but it's wild because people always DM me and they're like, who's managing your account? I'm like, I'm doing it all. Like I do. It. Wow. And they're like, oh my God, can I pay you? I'm like, I wish I had time to do these. Yeah. Like nah, you, I would be honored to have you on for another episode and you could talk about your Pinterest. Yes, that would be amazing because now the thing that everybody's asked me questions about never used to be, but also I have to literally give credit to my friend who actually helped me. My friend, Carrie, she was before any of this happened. She was like Pinterest, whatever. And then she took a look at mine and was like, oh yeah, everything you're doing looks great, but just change this. And I was like, okay. So then I'm more consistent and then. Oh, cool. Yeah, dude, it literally makes such a difference. If you, the thing is though, it's all about consistency right. and you got to do it. Today. It's like another full-time. It job, is. So. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, we could totally, I could talk about that for like, yeah. honestly hours, but <laughs> right. I will hold, hold off on that. Cause I, I can start talking about tailwind and all that. Stuff. I know. I know. I literally just posted about all this stuff yesterday oh. too. So so funny that you're bringing all oh, this yeah. up. I know. So funny. Okay. So, um, I feel like this would be a good place to kind of like wrap everything up before we call it a day. I want you to just tell everyone where they can find you because obviously you're amazing. Like, and like, also tell me like what's coming up in your business. Like what's new, you know? Okay. Well, so on Instagram, Nicole Kirshner photography or savvy, the workshop. Um, and actually right now I'm with Savvy, my business partner and I are trying right now to just like, we have a relaunch with our website. We have a ton of education coming. We have a whole bunch of things. We started a podcast too. I don't know if we're going to really get too much into it, but we have a podcast. Um, And so right now we're just kind of trying to do as much with Savvy as we possibly can. My own business still going. Obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Um, Yeah, literally. I'm still, still doing my thing. Looking forward to that break in December. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm actually trying to take on a little bit less as the time goes on, just because again, I want to really focus on Savvy and that being a new kind of, you know, outlet for something else. And we have a lot of different uh, visions and different things that we want to do and succeed kind of together. So that's kind of the biggest thing right now is everything was savvy. Okay. Uh, but once this year obviously calms down, because we got to get play a little catch right. up before um, we get. To yeah, that, so. cool. Awesome. Well, um, yeah. also all that stuff that you said about your Instagram and everything, I'll link it in the description so people can like actually like, because I know your, your username is kind of hard to spell. So we'll just... Yeah, I put it down there. My first last name, and it's very yeah, long. yeah. Which is why, like, when we started the episode, I was gonna try to say your last name, but I was like, eh, I'm gonna let her say it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> totally easy. Nicole Kirshner. Kirshner. And if you want to call me Nikki? Nikki. Go for it. Everyone always is like, "Why didn't you just do Nikki?" And I'm like, "Cause I feel like when I started a business, it had to be professional. Yeah. So I used my real name, even though, like, obviously Nikki is so much shorter. Right. At this point, like, there's no turning back. Like, no. And even though I'm married to everyone's like, "Are you gonna change your name?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's a oh headache." I'm like. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'll probably just do this until I have my business. And then my husband's like, whatever, you're married to me. I know you're right. Exactly. And it's like, once you do the savvy too, like, you know, God, there's so many, right. I'm like, I'm not changing all these names and uh, -uh. like, you're fine. Yeah, it's true. 
Much. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the episode. Um, it was so great talking with you. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment or oh, keep my sanity. The wisdom rushing in. So much clearer now. Getting a little bit higher. With every step I take, I'm getting good. Getting a little bit better. I'm climbing to the top. Never gone.